0: If you're within the sound
1: of my voice, you're listening
0: to Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Hello and welcome home. Thank you for joining us on episode 73 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom, I've got Trevor, and I've got Damon here. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Yep. Yeah? I'm, excited. Look, I'm, I'm Go ahead. Sorry, Trevor.
2: I, I'm excited. I, I, I really want to get into this podcast. I think we got a lot of cool stuff to cover this time.
0: <laughs> I know as, you know, uh, unlike usual where we don't have any cool stuff to cover. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it's
3: always fun, but, uh, there,
2: there's, a, kidding. Kidding. there's a lot. There is a lot. This podcast, <laughs>
3: there is think a, lot a lot of podcasts, a lot ahead, of information that I think is going to transcend just the, 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 you know, two bi-weekly news items that we have, which I think is nice.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. This is the, these are always our most educational shows. Um, so those those of you that follow us on Facebook know that this episode is a special episode because it's the return of Marissa and Derek from uh, DVC Resale Market who are our sponsors are our friends they've been with us since the very beginning of the show uh, they are the greatest partners we have and we're so lucky to have them on today it's been a while since we've had you guys uh, Derek and Marissa so we would love if you could uh, go through you know your your qualifications your background around DVC and uh, you know just a little bit about yourselves too we you know our, our listeners would love to hear that. So welcome to the show again for for the first time in a long time.
1: Yeah. Uh, Thanks for having us.
0: We're so happy to be back.
4: Our favorite podcast. (laughs) 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 Thank you for having us. We're super excited to be back. Um, For those of you who are new listeners, uh, we'll introduce ourselves a little bit. But for those of you who are uh, current listeners, welcome back. It's great to be back with all of you. I see some fam- familiar names out there. But my name is Marissa. A little bit about me and kind of my Disney and DBC history. I'm from the West Coast, so I am from California originally, and... I grew up there and I decided when I was in college to go and work as part of the college program. So when you do the college program, you also get to do like a marketing internship and then you have a job while you're there. So I had performed in stage shows and productions my whole life. So I actually worked in shows and parades. I got to do part of uh, some of the big shows and parades and friends with some of the characters out there. So I had an awesome time doing that. And then when I graduated college, I got asked to be part of Disney Cruise Line. So my first ship was the Disney Wonder. I took that out as part of the performing team out there for nine months and then really kind of fell in love with cruise travel. I met my husband working on the ships and I actually spent about 10 years working on the ships. But funny enough, it was while I was working on the ships that I got to really learn more about Disney vacations in general. And I really got to learn about DVC. And so while I was out there, I got to meet a lot of the DVC team and the people that worked out there. And I decided, you know what, this is a really awesome way to travel travel to do Disney. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to move to Orlando. We're going to start our family here and I'm going to join the DVC team. So I joined the DVC team. My husband and I moved to Orlando officially in 2014 and I was a DVC guide. So the goal was kind of to, Hey, we're going to start our life here on land. I'm going to work as a DVC sales guide. And then in about three months I decided, man, I missed the cruise ship. So I actually jumped back on the cruise team and got to do the cruise team for a little bit. Um, I did that for about two years. That's actually where I met Derek here. We did a lot of cruises together, but we had the most fun doing member cruises. So for those of you who have done member cruises, you might have seen us out there. We did a lot of the fun. We actually did the first Alaska one, which was awesome. Uh, we did the first New York member cruise. So we had a blast out there. And then my husband and I had a little baby boy. So that sent me back to land. So no working on cruise ships anymore and kind of land life. And it was then when I decided, you know what, as much as I love working for Disney and the Disney company, I needed something that was a bit more flexible. And I had known Nick Cotton who's the owner of our company for years so it was such a perfect fit And the really cool thing about working for a DVC resale market is the fact that we really get to help both sides of DVC members, where really our primary goal when we worked for Disney Vacation Club was helping new members join the club or members add on. Now we get to help people at all aspects of their life, whether that is buying the membership or selling it because they're at a different season. So it's really, really amazing to be part of this fantastic team. We're all former Disney DVC employees, so... We all go way back, really tight-knit group, and it's awesome to be part, and of course, love getting out here and getting to chat with you guys and be part of this as well.
0: We're so happy to have you guys on. it's It's been so long, and, and our listeners, like our, their favorite episodes are always the ones that you guys are on. So you would think we'd have you on more, but <laughs> 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 We're very vain. We like to you know keep it to just us. I'm just yeah,. <laughs> <you. laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: that's so funny. Yeah, every time I sit and I listen to her, and again, that's what's so great about our company is that it's people that genuinely really do love each other and love working together. And. Chris and I are now neighbors, so we spend, you know, we talk to each other 8,000 times a day. And we truly love we what ride we our do. bikes
4: by each other's house. We ride our bikes by each other's <laughs> house. and
5: Yeah, so we love what we get to do. And again, my name is Derek. Um, again, thank you guys for all the new listeners. Welcome to uh, one of the best shows out there to learn about DVC. We absolutely love, love, love your audience. So for those folks that have been listening to a while, it's great to talk to you again. Um, my name is Derek, like I mentioned, and I work here at the DVC Resale Market. Um I was born in 1972 in Northwest Indiana. <laughs> no, sorry. I, w- I won't go that detailed. But uh, my life, uh, my love of Disney, honestly, kind of began a long, long time ago. So I actually got married at Walt Disney World uh, in 1996. So it was the year the wedding pavilion opened. So I was actually one of the first hundred people to get married there to my high school sweetheart. We uh, love Disney. We actually joined Disney Vacation Club in 1999. So I've had my ownership for yeah, 20 years. Absolutely love it. Um, and then started working for Disney as a marketing manager outside Chicago. So I did all the marketing and promotion for Disney World throughout the Midwest and Disney Cruise Line. And then I found out that Disney was going to open up a a Disney Vacation Club Preview Center uh, outside of Chicago, Illinois. So uh, it was actually the first preview center. It was called Disney's Doorway to Dreams. It was at a mall called Woodfield Mall. And it was a huge deal at the time, right? It was the first place that you could learn about DVC and tour the models without taking time from your vacation. So that place opened up in about 2007, and it was five incredible years. We still hear from members uh, that joined with us up there in Chicago. Um, so then in uh, actually 2013-14, I joined the cruise team. So packed up the family from Northwest Indiana, and we moved down here to Florida, joined the cruise team where I spent about half the year for many, many, many years uh, selling the magic of DVC to folks from on, uh, all over the world. So on cruises all over the world, which is where, again, I got to meet Marissa. And we got to sail together and do presentations. And like she mentioned, kind of, you know, when you're on a cruise ship, you spend a lot of time. You get to visit some amazing places, right? I've seen places that I never thought a Hoosier from Indiana would ever see, you know, Russia and Europe and all over the whole entire world. But sometimes you do kind of miss your family. And sometimes, you know, the, the stars align. And I've got two little boys. And then an opportunity opened up where I've known Nick as well, and said, "Hey, you know what? I think it'd be great to be able to be part of this team and join this team a couple of years ago, uh, and absolutely love it because, like Marissa said, one of the coolest things about it is we get to help folks not only you know buy Disney Vacation Club, but we love being able to help the sellers too. You know, so it's really kind of a, a win-win for us. And again, we love being able to talk with folks from literally all over the world. Like I know some companies kind of say we deal with folks all over the world. No, literally we deal with folks from all over the world. So that's what we love to be able to do. And again, we thank you guys for your great partnership that uh, we have with you guys, because you guys, your audience, when they come to us, uh, they are always so well educated and they speak so highly of you and they just love, love, love your show. So we're, we're blessed to be a part of it. So thanks for having
3: us back. Well, I am just excited that there's somebody older on the show than I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and
4: Derek just told us that. Did, did, did I just it. get yeah.
3: my age out? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh that's I, fine. I like that. That makes me feel better. Yeah. So
5: does it matter that I feel like I'm twenty five? That's the most important
3: <laughs> No, probably not. You had for <laughs>
5: yeah. The gray hair doesn't quite look twenty five, but I feel it.
3: So, so, so before we even get into the questions that we have, I'm gonna ask my own questions. So, yeah. so, so sorry about that, Tom, to kind of screw up your, uh,
0: <coughs> questions. Are, are you sorry though? Or you no, not-
3: I'm not, I'm not at all
0: actually.
3: <laughs> so <laughs> I, I had kind of forgotten that you guys, you know, came from the, the cruise ship area. And I know that on one of our previous episodes, I kind of talked about, you know, Our family's either going to Hawaii or taking a cruise. And now that the new ships, you know, the the wish is going to be around when we're looking to cruise. What do you guys think? What do you think about the, you know, Hawaii versus the cruise for a graduation gift? The the last time we'll spend a a pre-college vacation with the family.
5: Where would the cruise go? Don't know.
3: Not sure. Okay, like, sure. like a most
4: of their new ships will go Caribbean. They're gonna,
3: yeah, go wherever back. the wish goes, it will be a seven day.
4: Okay. I would say, depending on the wish, when the wish comes out, just from my years and years working on the cruise ships, make sure it's about six months in, uh, to the inaugural voyage, because that's when all the issues get worked out. <sighs> yes. So if you can plan it to where it's like six months after inaugural, I personally just being a cruiser, I'm done Alani, it's fantastic, but you said you've got teenagers, right? Yes. I think for one less hurrah for them, I think they're going to truly enjoy the ship just because there are age groups for that. Are they 18 yet or no?
3: No, they will not be.
4: So that's actually perfect because once you hit 18, it's kind of like you're like the no man's land is 18 to 21 on the ship because you just don't belong anywhere. Um, yeah. But at 18, under 18. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> my age. <laughs> okay, dear. <laughs> 1971. Um <laughs> The the, uh, Like, the 17 and under, they do so many cool things. Like, the teenage kids absolutely love it. It gives them this really cool, like, freedom element in terms of vacation, but they're super safe because they're still there on the ship. So I would say just in terms of, like, appeasing the whole family, I would probably go that route.
3: Yeah, I I enjoyed the cruise last time that we went, so I was just kind of curious your take from behind the scenes. So that's interesting information for sure. I mean,
5: my two cents would just, I, honestly, I'm probably on the opposite. It's just That's why we <laughs> get along as yeah, so.
4: teenage boys and I have a two-year-old.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's why we get along so well. I, As much as I love cruising, and again, it gives you the ability to see lots of different places in a short amount of time, I think the one thing that I didn't like about cruising, especially maybe if I was a guest, is that maybe you'd find a location that you really loved, and then it's all of a sudden you have to look at your watch. And it's like, oh God, it's one o'clock. We got to start packing up our stuff because we got to head back on the boat because we got to go back to a different place. So for me, it's always been one of those places I love being able to arrive at a destination and Mm -hmm. just kind of know that, ah, we're here. You know, we could set off on different adventures and whatnot, but at least we're here so we can just enjoy it. But, but again, it's got its pros, it's got its cons, and regardless of whatever decision you, you make, yeah, Marissa and I are happy to be able to come
3: with you and just, <laughs> you <know. laughs> as long as you're taking care of the kids, that's fine. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> so, so the second question is going to be something that I think has been bothering me for gosh darn near a year now about what I want to buy in terms of my next contract. So we're going to be finishing up. Our first two contracts will be paid off. Right. And the problem I'm having is, is that honestly, I don't know if I want to buy resale. Like I'm nervous about buying resale in regards to what it limits me to. Uh, and I guess I'm not really too concerned about the price difference. I mean, if I can say that without like being totally snobby. No. So, you know, kind of, Talk me into it, right? I think that's that's what it is. Because every time it's funny, because when we went to Disney last time and we met some of our members, they're like, why? Why would you not? Like, why would you not just want to buy cheaper? And I think some of the things that bother me, so I guess that's probably a good place to start, are just, you know, the, the fear of missing out, right? <laughs> that's a big thing for me, the fear of missing out. And the other thing for me that actually... I find very easy is that Disney is very, um, I don't know a good way to put this, but very lackadaisical with like their, oh, you missed a payment sort of thing, right? There, there's never really any like fear of Disney coming to me and going, Hey, Damon, you're, you know, you're, you're 10 days late with your payment. Like, what's going on? Sometimes I'm 10 days late. Sometimes I'm 20 days late. There's never a fee. There's never this. It's just, it's very easy. It's very pleasant in terms of that. But kind of talk me through again why I should hold a resale contract as well as my regular points as my you know direct points.
5: Yeah, and first and foremost, thank you for coming to the office today and propping your feet up on the couch and <laughs> coming clean with things that have been bothering you for for over a Get year. It out. Get it <laughs> off the Talking shelf. About this- I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're in a safe space, my friend. You're in a safe space.
3: <laughs> Marissa, go ahead.
4: Honestly, the biggest thing that I would look at a couple factors, but. Damon, how many points do you own already?
3: 170.
4: Okay. So I think that's going to go a really far way with Riviera or Reflection or anything upcoming, right? So you have what you need to do what you'd be restricted out of. When it comes to obviously using points for things like a Disney collection, like cruises or adventures, obviously, and we've discussed that and we have a great link on our website for people who don't know that side of it. But economically, that's not a great use of points at all. So it's better to take your points and rent them or save your points and pay cash to do those things. So I don't think the resale restrictions in terms of those two factors are going to affect you in any way. There's always kind of, with a lot of people I work with, that looming fear of, well, what if I buy a resale and then Disney makes a change after the fact? Mm -hmm. The good news with that, even kind of like you said, with the lackadaisical side of Disney, they do that with the resale as well. What they've done is they always grandfather purchasers into, hey, you've already bought it during this time. We didn't make a change. So your grandfather did. So I don't think the looming fear of them shifting something that people already own, I don't think that's going to happen. They've never done it in their 27-year history. So I don't see that changing anytime soon. So those factors, I would say, okay, so now let's break it down. Let's break it down price, right? So let's just say, for example, you wanted to buy... A sold-out resort from Disney instead of Riviera. The tough thing about buying Riviera, if you're gonna buy direct and we're comparing prices with that, is Riviera is gonna be that fear of, okay, let's say you bought in at Riviera at 188 per point. And I actually think this question is coming soon. Uh in one of the questions that you guys have listed, so I might be able to tackle that with this. But the downside of buying in with Riviera and the resale side of it is the fact that let's say you bought in Damon and let's say you have a loan, right, with Disney. Mm -hmm. So now you've got a loan that you've got with Disney and let's say life happens and you need to move it for some reason. So the tough thing with that is, let's say, current value. Now, we don't quite know current value of Riviera yet. We've only sold one, so it's hard to really determine. But what we've done is pulled a lot of our Facebook groups, and we've done a lot of research. And if you know Nick, our owner, he is a nerd when it comes to the economics on things. So he's <laughs> kind of determined that Riviera's value sits around that 130 per point range. So you buy in at $188. you are stuck, let's say, a couple of years down the road, and you've got to move it you're at one thirty per point. Now you have a loan that's much higher. Now you're going to have to pay into close, which if you're in a situation where you need to move something like this, you probably don't have the extra cash where you want to pay to close out. So that would be kind of my concern in terms of buying direct versus resale when it comes to Riviera, because you're buying such a premium, but the resale value won't recognize that since resale Riviera can only be used at Riviera and nowhere else. Now, so if we what, do like a yeah. true apples to apples, mm-hmm. and we say, let's say you want to buy Saratoga, yep. So you're going to buy Saratoga sold out from Disney at one sixty five per point versus resale average a hundred per point. Oh. So we're talking, let's say you bought a hundred point add on. We're talking about a sixty five hundred dollar difference in terms of price. But again, you already have the points you need to do the things you're restricted from. So is it worth paying $6,500 more? And again, the same scenario goes. Let's say life happens and you need to sell all your memberships. Well, now you have a $16,500 loan versus a $10,000 loan where you can probably recoup that very easily, net it out, break even versus now you're going to have to pay in, let's say $6,000 to get out of the situation. So that I hate to be like the fear of like, Hey, if everything crashes and burns, this is the truth. But that's kind of the reality side that I look at in terms of like total numbers, not so much just the savings, but the what if you've Mm -hmm. got to move these somewhere in the future? What situation do you want to be in?
3: No, so I think just for, for me to recap, especially for myself and for the audience, I guess what you're saying is because I already own direct when the new Epcot at the entrance where they hand out, you know, buttons for everybody, I can still go there for my week whenever I want to. But then when I'm taking my secondary trip where I've already kind of gone and it doesn't necessarily matter as much where I stay, that's when I just stay at one of the 14 resorts and that's my secondary trip of the year. So again, I do my one trip at the new place, wherever that may be, and then I do my secondary trips at one of the original 14. That's kind of how you would envision my life going per se. Right. Because I mean,
4: if you look at the 14 resorts that are current with the DVC and then we add on Riviera as 15. Think about how many times you've stayed at different ones. There's probably 3 or 4 that you gravitate to that you end up staying at the most. I
3: stay at Boardwalk every time if I like could. So. <laughs> there there right? you go. I'll be so that's with the you.
4: truth of it. I mean, your points all work there, right? So those off times where you go, "Oh, maybe I'll stay Riviera," then take your 170, let's say it was a 200 point stay borrow ahead your future points that are not restricted, use those points and then save your other points for that time where you go, I'm happy with anything at the seven month window or Hey, boardwalk's open at the seven month window. Let's do that.
3: So, and again, do you guys, are you guys partnered with somebody for those loans? Cause that's another thing again, like, so when I talk about loans, I know at Disney loans, easy, right? I, I just, I don't understand how your loans work and how yeah. easy it is. So, so you
4: know, we've got a couple great companies that we work with. Um, Do you want to talk about them, Derek? No, we can just. My voice is going a lot, sorry. No, you're fine. (laughs) Um, We've got a couple of great partners we work with in that aspect. We have uh, Monera, so a a lot of our members like Monera for a couple reasons. They do a guaranteed finance option. So you can literally go on their website and you can type in the contract you're looking at, type in the points, the price per point. It's going to give you three guaranteed options. So it's really simple, really easy. If you don't want to have your credit run, it's a great option. Now let's say you're the person that says, I've got excellent credit. I want to get the best rate possible. So Monera actually launched a new thing. They did this about six months ago where they will run your credit, but they're going to get you a lower rate. So it's actually identical to like the Disney member add-on rate, if you're going to add on with the 20% down. So they actually match Disney's rate for members. So even if you're not a member, you can get a lower rate than buying directly from Disney. So that's pretty huge. Mm -hmm. So they've done that element. So if you've want, if you got great credit and you want to have your credit checked, that's a really great option. Vacation Club Loans is another fantastic team out there. They also check your credit. They do a maximum up to seven-year loans. And again, very similar rates to Disney in a lot of scenarios. They're going to beat out Disney's rates overall. And you can pay off early. Right. Yeah. No
3: prepayment penalty on either one. Gotcha. Thank you. Yeah. Look at that. That
0: was, that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So thank you guys for, for going through those. Um, We got a ton of listener questions. Like we, we, we got, as you said, we have amazing listeners and we got a ton of questions from our listeners. Uh, We, you know, we had them do the work for us, of course. Uh, so, and uh, and, and you guys were saying that there was actually some really great questions in here. Before we do that, though, I, I wanted to call you out, Marissa, really quickly, because uh, a little birdie named Derek told me that you stayed at the Riviera recently, and I would love to hear your take uh. on it. <laughs> <laughs> so <A> very, I, <laughs> a very young, a young, sprightly-looking birdie.
5: Right. Named That's so I true, didn't Derek. actually
4: get the chance to see there, but I did go in and they explored <laughs> oh, the resort um, okay. quite extensively. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tried the first day and I failed. um I went in, which I do with all DVC locations. (laughs) I've never had an issue with this. And I said, hey, I want to go view the DVC rooms. And they were like, so what's your appointment time? (laughs) (laughs) To see my guide. You know, I want to go see the rooms. And they were like. Uh, you can go park at Epcot. I was <laughs> like, oh, bummer. So the second time around, I parked at Epcot. Yeah, I told I, her, I said, <laughs> I, I think they might
5: have smelled the resale all over Right, yeah,
4: yeah. no, they do. <laughs> um, so I parked at Epcot, I skylined over, which the skylines are fantastic. That was really cool. Uh I went to Riviera. To be honest with you, the kind of walk-in was a little underwhelming to me, and I've seen pictures, and I think the resort, like... I do interior design on the side, so I have, like, a fine attention to detail and decor. And I think the resort is beautiful. Um, I think the pictures show really well. I think the lobby was a little bit understated. Um, it really felt like, and if you've had the chance to go and see Four Seasons or Ritz in Orlando, it really felt like Disney was trying to just kind of, like, do a carbon copy of what they have. But they didn't quite have the scale that you see at those resorts. So it lacked a little bit of, like... I think a lot of comparisons that I've been hearing are Grand Floridian comparisons, but oh, I yeah. think it lacks that, like, wow, when you walk in. So I, I was a little underwhelmed with the lobby. Uh, there's only one little shop, and that was sad because um, <laughs> I like to shop. I like the Disney shops. I like the resorts that have lots of shopping. So that there's only one tiny little resort with, like, the sundries and then the resort-exclusive stuff, but it's tiny uh, the coffee shop is really small. So I think it's just all the lobby stuff was a little underwhelming. The rooms are beautiful. Attention to detail in terms of like the trim work and the mirrors. And that was great. But I think it's missing a little bit of that Disney warmth overall.
0: That's a, that's a good review. I, 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 I appreciate that. I, I have to, I have to agree with you actually. Cause I, one of the things I love about animal kingdom and, uh, well, Wilderness Lodge is my favorite resort. And yes. you cannot beat the, that view when you walk into that no, lobby. No. It's like, it, you could just sit there in the lobby and watch people walk in for the first time and just like look at their <clears> eyes, <throat> eyes, right? I mean. Totally. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and I saw pictures of it and I said, where, are, wait a second, where are the pictures of the lobby? And then my wife was like, those aren't, that is the pictures of the lobby. I'm like, oh. Okay. Right. And
4: I think that the pictures are a little deceiving because you just see so much of like the beautiful marble or the beautiful trim. And then you're like, oh. That's it,
0: <laughs> That's <the laughs> I lobby. think we just expect these grand multi level uh you know uh views when you walk in, but it's kind of just seems like it's one floor and 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 a normal hotel lobby almost, but I want to stay there just for because it's on the skyliner, and I think the skyliner's awesome, so I mean there's that, but
4: yeah, that part was really cool. I was quite impressed with the skyliner
0: <laughs> cool well, let's get <laughs> into some all. listener questions, <laughs> so we you know. We're, we're done. <laughs> Trevor, you haven't talked in forever, so do you want to read a listener
2: question? <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, I, I, I've been listening. I've, I've been having fun uh, hearing you guys go through Damon's questions and everything. So, what um, do you, why don't we? Start do you have with? any questions, Trevor, that you want to ask for personally? Not, not right now. Um, Where I'm still just enjoying, you know, the last contract that we bought from you guys. So I'm kind of getting settled into that before we start looking at any more points.
3: <laughs> contract fits um, you
5: perfectly, my friend. It's a beautiful contract.
3: Yes, it is. Wait, I'm going to have to add something to this at some point. I, I want to know how many points you think you need when you have grandkids. I mean, not that I'm pointing to Derek or anything, because he's the closest to that, but in general. <laughs> <I'm just kind
1: laughs> You've kind got to out of gray
4: hair, so there's that.
3: Uh... I'm so glad this isn't on video. You'd see like a lone tear just kind of <laughs> come down on my old wrinkled skin. <laughs> Wait, hold on, Derek, though. Your, your kids are still probably younger than mine, I'm assuming.
5: <laughs> mine are 11 and 15.
3: Okay, so my kids are at least older, so I'm probably closer to having grandkids than you. So okay. (laughs) So I mean,
4: I had a couple last night. So they've got 1,200 points, and they were adding on more for their grandkids. So there's always that
3: for us non-rich
4: people.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Twelve for the non-rich
3: people. Yeah,
4: yikes, 1,200.
5: You know, it's it's so funny when she said that because it actually brings up a story that I remember one time we were on a member cruise. And we were doing some kind of a presentation or some kind of party and it just seemed like it just became super loose and we were just kind of talking to the crowd. And then it was kind of turned into, which sometimes member cruises do, it turns into, well, I have so many points. Well, I've got so many points and I've got <laughs> it so looks many like points. A right?
4: huge competition. So that I
5: think I remembered saying like, you know, okay, so who's got, you know, a thousand points, you know, like more than half the room raise their hands. Like who's got 1500 hands still up? Anybody got 2000 hands still up? And then somebody shots up. I'm like, okay, so
4: somebody had like 3400. 3400. Yeah.
5: Yeah. It was 3,400 and I said, now folks, watch this. I go, 3,400 points and I go, let me ask you a question. Do you still borrow points? And he goes, all the time. <laughs> which is crazy to me because i have like 170 that i bought you know in 1999 and i've been borrowing forever so i totally get that and that's what we always stress to people too because sometimes folks when they look to buy they're like i don't know what's the right number i don't know if it's gonna be 150 or if we should buy 160 or 165 i'm like listen buy what fits in the budget First and foremost, by what fits in the budget, it's never going to be a perfect number. Cause right now you're in the studios and then all of a sudden one trip you bring in the in-laws and now you borrowed all the points and you know, so yeah, it's never a perfect number, but you know, no one ever really says they have too many. They always say, I kind of wish I would have bought maybe
0: a few more at the time I bought, but yeah, get started and then just join what fits in the budget. It's
3: never, never perfect.
0: Well, you know, Damon wants to buy more points simply to have more points than me. So.
3: Well, that will be next time for sure. I'm going to beat Tom. (laughs) Life goals. Life goals. Life goals. (laughs) Go ahead, Trevor. Sorry. Yeah.
2: yeah, let's, Let's get, so, um, let's start with Garrett's questions. Garrett actually has a lot of very technical questions, um, which I like. So, uh, I guess we'll start with this first one, which is what resorts have the most contracts bought and sold annually?
5: So not surprising and a great, great question, Garrett. Not surprising. Um, It's going to be the ones that are the largest resorts, right? So we actually have the stats. And again, you can even go on our website under our blog section and you can actually see all of these. But if we're looking, we actually broke it down for the uh, 2019 entire year that, of course, DVC's largest resorts. Uh, was Saratoga Springs. And we sold overall, we sold about 734 contracts just alone for Saratoga Springs. And then, of course, coming in second place, it looks like that's going to be Animal Kingdom, right? So Animal Kingdom, the second largest resort, we sold about 594 contracts. And then that's going to be followed, it looks like, Old Key West is coming in at 270 Boardwalk, we sold about 232. Uh, so yeah, it always kind of, Bay Lake is in there too as well with 354. So again, when it comes to, in terms of volume, in terms of quantity, how much we sell, uh, it's always going to see those, you know, you're always going to see Saratoga Springs. You're always going to see Animal Kingdom. You're going to see Old Key West and you're going to see Bay Lake Tower just because those are physically the largest resorts that have the most amount of points at it. So eventually, when Disney finally sells out of points for Olani in the year 2041, when they finally sell all those points that they have for Olani, <laughs> uh, we might be seeing a lot of Olani. Uh, but yeah, so definitely Saratoga Springs, and and that's why people go. Why do you have so many Saratoga Springs? It's because it's the largest resort. You know, it's because Disney sold a ton of points at Saratoga Springs. So
2: that's why. Makes a lot of sense. Um Okay, let let's get into uh I, I don't know how detailed you can get on these, but uh so the next question is what percentage of contracts sold have points remaining for all three years versus next two years versus coming in stripped? So I guess how how do those contracts look when they come to you guys?
4: So I don't we don't keep a like a running track or tally of that. Right. Overall, having two years worth of points or one year worth of points, it's pretty common. Um, if it has three years, like for example, if you go on our site, you can filter by double points we consider anything that has full 2019 and full 2020 points available as a double point contract. So we put a highlight on that because it is going to be a little bit more rare than something that has no points until 2020 or no points until 2021. But overall having two years or one year's worth of points, that's pretty much kind of the bread and butter, what you're going to see in our site, uh, having three years worth, that's just kind of an, added bonus. And to kind of jump ahead here, I think there was a question about like, what's the value difference in having extra points through the years. So if you go on our site, we have, especially if you're looking to sell, but it's a great tool for buyers too. We have a contract estimator where you can type in like, Hey, I'm looking at a 200 point Saratoga Springs contract. And it has points. Let's say for example, in 2019, 2020, 2021, it's going to give you the value of kind of where the current market is at, and Mm -hmm. it's going to give you like the high end value of that. So if you were to do that kind of strategy or experiment and type in, okay, no points until 2020, okay, no points until 2021, we usually give a value to every year that there's points there anywhere from five to $6 per point. So that's kind of the added value. If you have points for every year, it gives you a listing price per point about $6 per point higher for every year you have points.
5: Yeah. And and plus two, a lot of folks will say, well, you know, who would buy a contract if it doesn't have any points till, you know, 2021 or, you know, uh, who wants to buy a contract with all these points kind of right up front? I mean, it's not surprising that a lot of times, you know, someone who's not a member yet. Right. May be looking for that contract. Right. I want one that literally is bursting at the seams, buttons popping because it's got so many points in it. You know, that's the contract that I want to buy. Whereas members might be saying, hey, you know what? I just want to get one cheap. You know, what's the best one for the best deal for the best price per point that I can get? So they're, maybe they don't need points right away, right? Or
4: situations. So like I had a couple who the wife was pregnant, so they weren't going to be going to Disney for another year. So for them, it wasn't going to be worth to buy something where points were going to expire on them. They'd rather have something that was completely stripped out. They wanted to get a contract, but they wanted to save money too versus the time in their life. So they knew that, okay, 2022 is where we're going to be going next. So let's find something fully stripped, get a great deal. And then once our little one's a year old, we'll take our first mm-hmm. big Disney trip.
2: So if you're expecting a child buy a stripped contract,
4: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, that, that, that's, a, that, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. It makes a lot of sense actually. Okay. Now I, I got one specifically for you, Derek and Marissa. So, so again, Garrett asks uh, if you were going to buy points today, where would you buy? So, so not, mm. not for, you know, like resale market, but you personally, where would you buy?
5: Interesting. So, uh, it's a great, great question. Um, I, when I bought, I lived again, right outside Chicago. So I bought in 1999 and the option that I had at the time, uh, was the boardwalk, right? So that was my resort. So I said, okay, your home is going to be the boardwalk. I was like, great. Uh, when we lived in outside Chicago, you know, we obviously planned, Right. So we're we were planners. So when we came down, you know, twice a year, we were able to book, you know, 11 months out, 10 months out, nine months out because we're getting the airfare and all that. So we were much more planners Uh, since moving to Florida. I can honestly tell you, I I have not stayed at the boardwalk since the Cubs won the World Series was the last time that I actually stayed at the boardwalk because I just don't plan that far out because, again, Marissa and I live literally 15 minutes from walt disney world so i love my points i love being a local member but i just do not plan far out so i'm always using my points Um, again we stay at every resort we just did an amazing annual vero beach trip uh, over new year's eve for four nights we did one night at boulder ridge right before christmas Uh, we've got old key west coming up so we stay all over the place but we just, I find myself not booking far out in advance. So I think if I could do it all over again and I wound up buying down here, I probably would buy Saratoga Springs. And I say that not because, you know, Saratoga's great. I love it. I stay there all the time. But I would buy it just because once again, it's probably the most economical choice to buy for folks that are going to be booking anywhere within that seven month time frame, right? Because in terms of price, like around a hundred bucks a point, it's got great annual dues. It's got a great deed length till 2054. So probably for me for bang for my buck is I just buy Saratoga and then Keep checking that Disney website, what's available in the next <laughs> month or two, and I'll snag it and book it. We so want to
4: go somewhere for the weekend. Saratoga for me. <laughs> I kind of look at this, and not that DVC is an investment in any way, right? But my head is always kind of working the different angles, and hey, where's <laughs> the future value going to be?
5: Your head's always working different
3: angles.
4: Yeah, so, <laughs> so I personally, I would look to buy, if I'm going to add on, now we own at Saratoga, so I would look to add on either Polynesian or Copper Creek. Now, the good news with that is right now... You're going to see the market has really great inventory for those. So not only can you find the contracts you're looking for, but in terms of overall price per point, you're going to get these contracts at less than what Disney bought them for. So the, that's kind of the beauty is when you buy and resell, you kind of want to get some sort of a deal, right? Yeah. You want to get in less than what Disney's selling for, which is always the case. But I also like to know, Hey, I'm getting it less than what Disney originally sold for, which you're going to find a lot of times with Saratoga, <laughs> I'm sorry, with Polynesian or Copper Creek. Yeah. But they're also such prime locations where I think they're going to see future value. So for example, Copper Creek is so small that I think eventually it might see future values like we've seen boardwalk or beach club or grand floridian so i think that one right now our sellers are finally at a point where hey if they bought in with a disney loan they've been able to hit that break even point where they go okay i'm not going to pay in to close out on this loan they have they're able to kind of okay breathe easy and sell the contract (laughs) but we're not seeing a premium yet on copper creek so i think honestly i think it's a steal right now and especially because there's more inventory not that it's a buyer's market but buyers have a lot more flexibility
5: and they sell it direct for how much
4: Oh geez, <laughs> they just changed the prices on that. Let me get the numbers. They sell it direct for two twenty. Our average is one fifty, but I mean, you can see on our site we have stuff at the one forties per point. So at two twenty, and you can buy it at one forty. That's a awesome price point difference. Yeah,
0: that's that's a heck of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Trevor, were you going to say something?
2: No, I, well, I was just going to say that's kind of why we, when we were looking at Polly, um, even last year. Um, to your point, Marissa, we, when we added on, we were like, yeah, you know, the 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 resale cost was a lot cheaper than what we bought for a direct, and it, it just seemed like a no brainer at that point.
4: <laughs> yeah, and to your point, Trevor, I mean the difference right now is Polynesians at two forty five direct, and our average is at one forty five. So I mean, a hundred dollars per point savings. That's,
5: that's a huge. great deal. Yeah. And I think, too, what's so crazy, too, about the Pali, which is why it's such a great time to buy the Polynesian, is like like Marissa said, too, it's it's, it's all about, you know, where it is. And when I talk to folks about the Pali, obviously, people love the Polly just period, because they've got great memories there. It's, you know, one of the original hotels. But it's also about, you know, location. It's like it's directly across the water from the Magic Kingdom. Like, there will never be another resort that is literally directly across the water from the most visited theme park on the planet Earth. So, that location is something, again, like those monorail resorts, right? You know, Bay Lake, being able to walk to the Magic Kingdom, Grand Floridian. I cannot wait since they finished that walkway. Hopefully, soon that you can walk over there. (laughs) I love it. So, yeah, again, it always goes back to... Location, location, location.
3: What about for the people that don't like staying up past the fireworks and get mad when they're in their room and they're doing <laughs> fireworks and they're trying to sleep? <laughs> what, what, where, where's their DVC resort? That must be Animal Kingdom. Animal <laughs> that Kingdom's a good animals. place for that.
4: Yeah, Cause we can still hear <laughs> yeah. our house here. So <laughs> yeah,
3: we hear them every single night. Yeah.
5: Go to Animal Kingdom lights out nice and quiet at like 6 PM. Beautiful.
0: <laughs> uh, so we have another question from Garrett. He asks, why do Animal Kingdom contracts sell so fast?
5: Well, I think just kind of like we talked about, it, it's just in terms of quantity because we get a lot of them, right? And also it's like Saratoga. It's got great dues. It's got a mystique that I think no other resort really has that I talk with a lot of people, and Marissa and I do too, where you know they've not stayed there, but when you ask them, oh, so what are you thinking about for your home resort? And they'll say, Animal Kingdom. Kingdom. And I'm like, really? Have you stayed there? No, but that's where I want to (laughs) buy. And
4: it has a healthy deed lake. It's till 2057, which is like, there's very few that sit right in the middle like that. So it's very healthy in terms of years left on membership.
5: Yeah. So that's why. And plus, again, when you have members that own Animal Kingdom and they love it, and it probably will segue into another question too about, you know, do I add on at the same resort or a different resort for those, all those owners out there that own Animal Kingdom points. They love it. And when they're going to add on, they want to add on the Animal Kingdom points, you know, just to keep everything consistent, keep that same use here. Uh, and again, that's why especially if we see small contracts for an Animal up. Kingdom. Oh, yeah. It'll get snagged up sometime within minutes and stuff. So.
0: Witch, as, a, as an point.
5: animal kingdom owner, I agree with, yeah. with all your sentiments here. <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it, it's such an amazing resort. And then just for me is, I love it again being a local because I can go there, not even think of visiting a park for two whole days, right. just because I can go to that it's resort. All oh my god, and the restaurants and the bars, and you can go to one resort and have a totally different experience, and then the same day go over to Jumbo House and have a totally different experience. So you almost get like two resorts for the for the price of one and if you didn't know there's actually animals there too as well. (laughs) Real live animals. It's amazing.
4: One really awesome tool, which we've talked about before, but I know you've got a lot of new listeners, is we do have an app. Uh, So if you go to the App Store and you just type in DVC Resale Market, you'll find it. We're actually at 3.0, so we've just recently upgraded that. It's super user-friendly, so you can type in the specs of the contract you're looking for. So regardless if that's a small contract or a rare one like Grand Californian or if you're looking for a specific animal kingdom, put that in there and then allow for push notifications. And then you're going to get a text message when they'll show up. And that's why a lot of our buyers are super savvy because they have the app. They see uh, what they're looking for and they buy it right away. So a lot of our contracts do move quickly, but that tool is super helpful if there's something specific you're looking for. And
5: this time of year, it's so important to have that app because we'll have so many people come and, you know, they'll reach out to us and say, Hey, can you contact me? Here's my email address. Contact me when you get XXX in this year and this number of points. And they're like, listen, I would love to help. You. But honestly, that's why we invented this phone app is because even I think last week it was what we got over a hundred listings yes. just last week alone. That's
4: An app will pop up before the website does, and yes. it's not—it's a lag. It's just the way the technology works. So, but it lags by like two minutes. But it does allow you, if you have the app, you're going to jump in and see it on the site before anybody who's on the site searching can see it. Yes,
0: and I, I do have a current alert out there for a Animal Kingdom contract with a March Ushier. Um. So, so nobody take that for me. Uh, oh, you know, if it pops up, so.
4: they they don't make Animal Kingdom merch use years. They don't. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: What?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, so, I, it's funny because I I have I have I have an issue. I I bought my Animal Kingdom contract a different use year than my uh, bay lake contract which i thought at the time okay no big deal i can navigate Uh, around this but it's been more of a pain than i thought it was going to be so i kind of want to buy one at animal kingdom with the same use year and then maybe sell the other one or you know knowing me i'll probably just end up keeping it but um yes i think i saw that you might actually have someone pose that question about use
5: year. so that's always a fun question to try to tackle it is multiple use years yes
0: I, I think I want to ask Alexis' question, though. Why do you think that Disney hasn't bought back any Polynesian contracts? Do you think they will at some point? That's an interesting question. I didn't realize that they weren't buying back Polynesian contracts.
4: Yeah, so we've heard rumors that one resale company broker they've bought from. I don't know if they're true or not, uh, but I've only heard one rumor that they have. Disney, usually from what we've seen in patterns and the best scenario that like, I can from my time at Disney sea is like the grand Floridian. So when the grand Floridian sold out, they waited about four years before they started buying back. And that's usually what they do with live inventory. So they haven't bought back any Polynesian from us. They haven't bought back any copper Creek and obviously no Alani because that's live inventory. So usually when they have live inventory, they're never going to touch it. Once it hits sold out, it usually takes them about four years till they start buying it back. And I don't know what their motivation is with waiting that long, but that's what exactly what we saw with Grand Floridian. Polynesian sold out around 2017, so we're probably going to see that coming up in the next year or so. The buybacks might get more proactive, but at the moment, I probably wouldn't expect that for another year.
5: And, and that makes it all the better time to buy Polynesian. Because
4: right. <laughs> you can still get it at those great prices, but Disney's not touching it. So. And you
5: don't have to lose sleep at night wondering if Disney's going to buy it back. Right.
0: That's that's true. That's definitely helpful. (laughs) You don't have to worry about that. Many folks would say, you know, they're always looking for that best deal,
5: and then they even know that maybe it's going to, you know, flirt with that, you know, write a first refusal. And again, that's why our site is great. Go to the blog section. You could type R O F R into the search bar. It'll show you report for every single month, and most importantly, it'll also show you the highest. That Disney bought back for each and every resort, right? For the whole entire year. So that way, you know, again, it's never a guarantee, but it always, you know, may help you, you know, sleep a little bit better at night and maybe uncross your, your fingers and toes, hoping that it, that it gets through. Cause again, it is very resort specific,
0: just like Marissa said. So, so I don't think we have this question on here. What is the most bought back resort at the moment?
4: So, their bread and butter, Saratoga Springs, uh, Animal Kingdom, Oki West. We've actually seen them slow down on Oki West quite a bit, but, uh, Saratoga Springs and Animal Kingdom are their favorites to buy back. Uh, if you look at 2019 as a year in total, uh, let's see, Saratoga Springs was the highest at 148 and Animal Kingdom was right behind at 144 contracts bought back. Everything else is much less.
0: Great, so that's that's interesting, Damon. Do you want to ask any questions from well, the list ta- here? I
3: have to talk now too.
0: You do. I well, You know, I've been Since talking a lot. Trevor. So, and we lost Trevor. Uh, Trevor disappeared on us. So I went to cast jail.
3: Um. I, well, I, I was like, I started to stop paying attention after you know my questions were asked. So let me figure out where we are. Ah, there we go. <laughs> we always hear how small contracts, fifty points or so, sell super fast, like within hours, fast. Why isn't that resulting in an increase in prices? All our finance people want to know that. It's really just this guy, Jim, but I mean we'll, we'll consider him our finance <laughs> yeah. guy for now.
4: So we definitely see a premium. So you'll see that like a small animal kingdom might be in the 120s. I mean, we've seen them go as high as 130 yeah. per point uh, whereas a normal animal kingdom might be in like the 110s per point. So we definitely see a premium and that's about the most extreme we can really see a premium going for. Any higher what happens, and we see this a lot is what maybe somebody's testing the limits and they're a seller and they go, yeah. well, I have a small contract. I know it's valuable. I I want to sell it for 155 per point or 160. Disney selling it at 170 per point just for examples. What happens is we see a lot of those kick and cancel because people go and they do the numbers and they crunch it and they go, you know what, for this much more, I could have got those points yeah. direct. So we still have to have a healthy discount, even if it is a high demand contract, there still has to be a healthy discount versus what Disney's selling it for. Otherwise, we're just going to see that contract cancel time and time again. And then the seller gets frustrated. That's so,
5: so funny because it's almost the identical thing that happens with us, right? So say <laughs> they buy direct and they do research and realize they right. save so much more money. Whereas if they buy a contract that's honestly overpriced with us, they could look and go, well, wait a second for honestly just a few bucks more I could go ahead and buy direct and especially when it's so small something like that you know 50 points right let's $10 say. per
4: point is not going to be that much <sighs> in the scheme of overall cost is not going to be that much more. So we have to look out for that as a broker and really do our best to advise because yeah. we want what's best for both our buyers and sellers. So we have to look out for that as well.
5: Which is funny, which not to kind of jump over you, of course, <laughs> as well, but you always inspire me to ask you to bring up such great, great things. As I was just talking to someone today who said, oh, you know what? Uh, I want to make an offer on a uh, Saratoga Springs and I want to offer $80 a point. Right, and we're like, no, sorry, the seller's not going to take it. And we went back and kind of explained why and the average selling prices. And then they came back to us. It was actually uh, our counterpart Jody and said, Oh, you know what? Well, I'm going to go buy from this other company because they have uh, Saratoga Springs and it's listed for you know eighty four dollars a point. And we went, Okay, well, just you know, be aware of the fact that you know if it's eighty four dollars a point, that odds are you know you'll never ever see that contract. Which is something that we always stress to folks: is listen. If we were just in this just to make money per se, we could sell every single listing we have. And Nick and I have laughed about that. We could sell every single listing, right, and just get it out the door and put it super super low. Great, we would sell the listings, and the buy- and the sellers would make money, but the buyers wouldn't have anything to show for it because Disney would buy them all back. So if if we can't have we can't be a successful business by just having happy sellers. Plus, we're doing the sellers of the service by selling it too low, and therefore we're doing the buyers of the service by selling it too low that Disney comes in to buy it back. So we really do a really, really great job, and we really work hard at trying to find that that fine line where everybody feels and knows that they came out on top, that they really left nothing on the table. So we really, really do pride ourselves on that.
3: Well, that's That's definitely understandable. That definitely answers that question. This next one that I skipped over by mistake. I don't know if I skipped over it because it was so interesting that I wanted to give you extra time or what happened here. But Mike H says, what will make DVC roll back their resale restrictions, if anything? I mean, I think I know what the answer is, but kind of <laughs> nothing. curious. Which, nothing, right? But, but then again, we, it opened we up la- a very interesting discussion nonetheless.
5: Yeah, we were, we were actually laughing about that when I showed up here. And I said, Marissa, I said, did you see that question about, you know, what would it take to roll back the, you know, resale restrictions? And she's like, I don't know. What do you think? And I go... Well, people stop buying the Riviera, stop buying direct. You know, that would honestly, that will make Disney again at the end of the day. Disney is a company. They're going to look to say, okay, despite what the vacation guides might say about, you know, we're getting pushback on the restrictions and whatnot. They're looking at the end of every single month. Right. And they're saying, how much did we make? How much did we sell? So they're going to look are the pros far outweigh the cons. So what would make them and honestly that's just my two cents and there's probably you know a better way to look at it is you got you affect their bottom line right by by simply saying you know what I'm not going to buy the Riviera Cause again, we have plenty of people. We had a record shattering year here at the DVC, DVC resale market. And we thank all of your listeners for that, which is amazing. But yeah, I think when it comes to the restrictions, I think people could write letters till the cows come home. But I don't think that until it affects Disney's bottom line, that's how they always have and always will look at everything is comes down to dollars. That's
3: it. That makes sense. Tom, are you jumping back in? Am I just rocking forward with these?
0: I can, I can do, I can do some. Sure. We we did lose Trevor, but we'll we'll get Trevor back here.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, know I was I'm kind of watching the Packers game. I'll be honest with you, so. <laughs> going back and forth between Those the two. 29ers. Of them.
4: Oh,
3: <laughs>
0: Ridiculous. 20 to zero. Yeah, it's- I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. I, and we, we were, we talked about this a little bit where I talked about my issue with use year. Is it more important to match use year or resort when adding additional contracts? And is there a benefit in staggering use years to have an 11, have more 11 month windows available? Uh, and I guess a friend suggested that to them. So there's two questions in there.
4: So I think one of the biggest myths, and I'll just kind of jump on that really quickly, is share has nothing to do with your 11-month booking window.
5: Okay, and- slow down now. <laughs> say that again.
4: All right, here we go. share has nothing to do with your 11-month booking window. And the, the only reason that we put such emphasis on this is Derek and I probably get asked this question 15 times a day? 15,
0: um. 15 times an hour? <laughs> yeah. Well, ho- so, hopefully answering it on here will, you know, th- that'll take care of some of them. There
4: we go. <laughs> I, I think it's probably the biggest misconception in DBC. And I will tell you, like, as a guide working directly from Disney, it's really something we skipped over in terms of, oh, like, our yeah. education process. <laughs> and so I think a lot of people who even own, I mean, I've talked to members who've owned for years and they're like, yeah, I've got that October you year, you know, and it's just really tough because I can only go in October or that's my only booking window. And I'm like, oh, man, you've owned this for four years. So to to (laughs) dispel that myth, you can book your home resort. So if you own at Saratoga Springs, and you want to book for Christmas, you're going to be booking that Christmas vacation in January. That is your 11 month booking window from when you want to stay. Now if you have a March use share, that simply means that points are deposited in March for that December stay, but it has nothing to do with when you book. So use share is simply the month when points are deposited. So we'll kind of dispel that. Now, Derek, do you want to answer the question on owning the same use share?
5: Yeah, I mean, I always trust the people and say, and you know, Tom, you kind of touched on it. Earlier, um, I really haven't talked to. And we talk to thousands of members every single year. I don't have a lot of people that kind of jump up and down from you know the rooftops and say, you know, I love having multiple use years. It's so great. I love it. It's honestly, it's the other way around. That when I first talk to folks and they're looking at adding on, so maybe they call or maybe they go on our live chat and they'll say, oh, I'm a member. I'm looking to add on. I have an October use year. I always stress right away. Listen, if you can keep the same use year and you keep the names the same, right, as you have on your original ownership, then you will keep the same member number. If you alter any of those, so meaning if I have an October use year, and I'm John and Sally Smith, but I'm going to buy a March use year, even if it's the same resort... And even if I keep the names the same, if it's a different use here, Disney is going to treat it like an entirely brand new membership. So, Tom, you know, you're getting a separate member number. You're getting a separate login. If you ever wanted to combine the points, which is obviously why most members add on points is because they want more <laughs> to take a trip together. You can't do it online. So you've got to call member services each time you wanted to transfer the points from one account to the other. So can it be done? Of course. Do members do it All the time. Is it preferred? Honestly, would your life maybe be a little bit easier if you could keep it all under the same use year? Yes. But Marissa and I were talking about there are some occasions where you know what? It might make sense and not that big of a deal if I have a different use year.
4: So like one of the examples, and we kind of went over some examples, but like if you're the couple that goes with food and wine every year and you're buying in Beach Club or Boardwalk and you're buying in a 50 point contract to use for a couple nights every year and you're booking that 11 month priority, well, you're probably not merging those 50 points with your other, let's say 200 points. You're probably saving those points for that food and wine trip every year. So that doesn't really matter because you're not going to be ever combining them. And the off times you do, then you can. Um, Another example would be Grand Californian. Because again, if you're buying Grand Californian, you're buying it to book the 11 month priority. There's no other reason to pay a premium for that unless you're using the priority. And for example, our site, we've got hundreds of listings and we have only three grand Californians. So if you're huh, looking that all we have with three, yeah. Oh so that's the resort where you go, you know what? I'm buying this to stay there just buy any U share, by the contract that fits you in terms of point wise and budget wise, that one, I would throw the U share out the window.
0: All right. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. It has been, you know, I thought I could I thought I could handle it. I, I really thought it wasn't gonna be that bad, but it's it's <laughs> been yeah. I
5: Do you wanna I, sit I, on Damon's couch? Do you wanna prop your feet up and talk I, about it?
3: You can't. So, I so, do. So Tom, what actually is your pain point?
0: all right, I'll tell you what my pain point is and, and this is my own idiot mistake, okay? I, I thought I was being smart this time around. And when I booked my Saratoga trip for April, I booked Whatever rooms were available on different contracts. So I booked a couple nights on one of the contracts and a couple nights on the other contract. And I ended up having four reservations because, you know, I was just getting one night at a time in some ways. I wasn't walking or anything. It's just I was trying to get the full week. And so I ended up with four reservations and I realized I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to call member services and get these combined. And I'm like, wait a second. I probably can't. These are two different memberships. And so sure enough, I call them and they're like, yeah, you can't combine them because they're two different memberships. You can combine the ones that are on the same membership, but you can't. So I'm thinking to myself, great. Now I'm going to have separate reservations and and they're saying, well, we can link them together and, and it's no big deal. And I'm like, well, uh, it is a big deal because I'm going to have to do fast passes, you know, two different times or three different times now. And I just don't want to deal with that. I just it no. seems like a pain. So I, I just don't want to deal with that. So I, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have booked it that way. But my my plan now is I'm going to call member services and hope that there's a week left that that whole week is there and then just cancel all of them and then transfer the points from one contract to another and then book the whole week. Uh But it's just, you know, I don't know. We'll see. But it's a challenge for sure.
4: No, that makes sense. Yeah. If anybody does own separate issues, I think the best option is call and transfer first because that's the best way to utilize them.
5: And that's the perfect Disney way to say it, Tom. It's not a problem. It's just a challenge.
0: (laughs) Well, the challenge for me is I don't like calling member services. I prefer to do the chat or,
3: Uh you know. (laughs) See, and that's so funny because I I had sent a message to Tom and Trevor asking for help because I... I hate using the online tools. My wife always calls in. we just find it easier. I have no interest in understanding borrowing and how many points I have and any of that nonsense. I, I just, I can't be bothered. <laughs> so my wife will just call in and she'll be like, okay, so this is what we're trying to do. Here's our contract. What are we supposed to do? And you know, that all gets done. And that's kind of how we work ours because it's just, it's too, conf- I have too many things in my brain to really think about dealing with, you know, my points that are banked and this, that and the other thing. So I think we have one more question. I know we had more questions, but you know, we're, we're all getting tired. We don't want to take up
0: your time tonight. We, uh, we got, and plus we have a million other things on our agenda tonight too. So we want to make sure we, uh, cover everything, but True. we appreciate all the questions and we will save some of these for another time. And if you didn't get your answer, question answered, it feel free Tom to reach doesn't out to like Derek you.
3: Or Marissa. I mean, no, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, but feel free to reach out to Derek <laughs> and Marissa through <laughs> DVC Resell. They will answer your questions. That's what they're there for, right? You Absolutely.
4: Do. And again, we haven't really mentioned this, but the, the easiest way to reach us is send us a quick email. You can send one of us an email or the other. Just say welcome home. Even if you're putting in offers or you're looking to sell, just mention welcome home because we love to always credit these guys back because you guys are awesome and we've got tons of great people that we meet through this. And it also helps us because we know that you've learned and you've listened to the episodes and how educated you are. So you can email us. It's our names at dvcresellmarket.com So it's really simple. Mine is Marissa, M-A-R-I. I-S-S-A at com or Derek, D-E-R-E-K <laughs> at So, And both of us will be happy. Again, if it's just random questions, that's yeah. what we're here for. We love it. We're here all day. So, so email of one our, of us, both of us. We're here to help.
3: All of our Italian listeners, make sure you add that second S to her name.
4: yeah thank
1: them. you. <laughs> Wait,
3: so we do... We do have one more question, though, that we want to get Mary asked. And and again, I think this is an interesting one. Do you always go forward with the first offer? If you get three offers in an hour, do they all get presented or only the first? That was one of those questions that I think I saw, and I was like, this might be the first time we've been asked that question. Yeah, it is.
4: That's a first. Good job, Mary.
5: Which is a very, very good question, because this probably comes up more often than not. And I can kind of briefly touch on it, especially when we talked about those small contracts, Mm -hmm. right? When those small contracts come out, let's say, you know the Holy Grail, right? Like a 50 point beach club, a 50 point boardwalk, or maybe a 50 point, you know, extended Oak Key West or uh, Alani with subsidized dues. When those come in and when those hit the phone apps, we literally can sometimes sell them within minutes, right? So within minutes, when that offer comes in and it's, we treat it literally, we, we always want to make sure, and Marissa can kind of go into a little bit more detail about it, but we want to stress the folks because we know the disappointment when they hear that it was sold and they say, well, how is that possible? I literally put an offer almost as soon as the app came about. How is that possible? But Marissa, we want to make sure that everybody knows this is on the up and up.
4: Yeah. So, and, and there's a lot that is on our shoulders too, because we are licensed real estate agents. We're a brokerage that has a license to withhold. So we want to follow the rules, not just to make sure that everybody has a fair chance, but we also legally are responsible to uphold our licenses as well. Uh, so... The first thing that a lot of people wonder is, hey, I just put an offer in and then it's already sold. So if you find that contract you love and you know, hey, that I've been waiting around for this one for months. If you go in and you put in a full price offer and you're the first person to not only put an offer in, but put a full price offer in, that needs to be both, then the contract is marked sold. It's yours. So a lot of times people go, oh, I found the contract I love and they put in an offer of $10 less. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then guess what? If you love that contract, there's going to be 10 more people that love that contract. So then we get into kind of a bidding war, we should say. There's a more proper way of putting it, but that's basically what happens. So to kind of just break that down really simply is if we get multiple offers and the first offer that came in is not full price, then it's not sold. So if we're not able to get a hold of the seller or if the seller hasn't accepted that first offer and multiple offers come in, it's still an available listing.
5: Yeah, the door's still open.
4: Right. So legally as agents, we are legally required to present all offers to the seller. So that's our responsibility to them. What happens is to make it fair for all the buyers we do. And if you've bought real estate before, you may know this process is we do, Hey, place your best and highest offer. So we usually will set a timeline and all buyers are given the chance to present their highest and best offer. And then whoever has the best offer is typically who the seller is going to choose to move forward with. So that's what happens if an offer comes in and it's not, Full price as the first offer. And we do get multiple other offers that come in. Then we do have to do that bid for highest and best. And oftentimes if they're one of those popular ones, like Derek mentioned, they go and they sell for higher than list price. So again, if you see it and you love it and it's the one you've been waiting for Try to be the first one to put in a full price offer. And
5: also make sure that before you put in that full price offer for one of those listings, make sure (laughs) you talk with your spouse. Because we cannot tell you enough how many times one of these incredibly amazing hot contracts, congratulations, the listing is yours and blah blah blah. They're like, oh really? Oh well, I gotta, I gotta go talk to my wife first. And then it turns into well, no, she said no, whatnot. Make sure you're all on the same page before you actually purchase deeded real estate. That's my that's my so, merit so
3: ha- tip. I just want to make sure I have this absolutely correct because again, when I have an issue myself, I feel like maybe some of our listeners might have the same question. So, if the second offer is full price, that does not matter. It has to be the first offer, correct? Correct. Okay. So I want to make sure I clarified that. So you you really have to be a little bit lucky too, right? Even if you want to price as the full price, again, you have to be a little bit lucky to be the first person with – the Which is
4: usually pressure. someone that has the app. Okay. <laughs> someone that has the app. And we've had people tell
5: us all the time, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe I got this contract. I literally pulled off to the side of the road. I was driving and I saw my app go off and it was a 50-point beach club. And I pulled into a gas station and made an offer on the phone. So yeah, it's definitely... And when it's a small listing too as well, uh, it's almost always, honestly, if it's going to be under a 100 points and it's the beach club or the boardwalk, it's going to say... Full price offers only on it just because a buyer, you know, a seller doesn't want to mess around with getting offers for, you know, lower than than what it knows that they can sell for within minutes. So if you know it's something you want, just go for it. Put that full price offer and get it in as soon as possible and know that we are definitely doing it uh, the right and legal
0: way.
4: And make sure to put Derek or Marissa as your agents and welcome home podcast. (laughs) <laughs>
0: that's the that's the, the important stuff to do. Yeah. You, you make, sure, make sure you do both of those things, right?
1: <laughs> and it
0: really is. I mean, you know, we kind of joke about it too, but those comments,
5: when anybody's out there, when you decide that you're ready to, you know, make that offer, right? And you put Derek and put Marissa, that's fine, whatever. Most importantly, when you put that in there, in those comments section, put the Welcome Home podcast because there's nothing more than I love is to uh, email Tom, right, and just let him know and say, Tom, look at this transcript. Look at this person from chat. Look at this person. So his head is ginormous with all the compliments that I give him from all these awesome listeners, right, that, that say, we heard about you guys on the show, so make sure in that comment section just write Welcome Home Podcast because, seriously, we love being able to uh, – Talk to your listeners and have them join and have them add on and just answer their questions and be able to tie it back to you. So be sure to do that.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're ever wondering where our seriously infl- inflated egos come from, it's from Derek's uh, emails about about you <laughs> this guys' is my <laughs> That's that's where it all comes from. That's why you know that's yeah. where our egos come from. <laughs> you know, most of those letters are real. I mean, I sometimes <laughs> have to
5: write a few. Oh God, I got to write Tom a letter. Dear Tom, thanks. That
0: was great. <laughs> well, we sincerely appreciate having you guys on and and all the questions that you answered and i'm sure you're going to get a lot after this releases as you always do uh, i know you guys usually get a lot from our listeners we after know. every time we do one of these shows so uh we seriously appreciate uh, you guys being on and of course being our partners as you have been for such a long time so Awesome. Yes, thank I'm so you. so
4: excited to be here. Thanks for having us. We love
5: it. Nothing makes our, uh, literally like our Sundays better than when we know that we're going to be able to get together and actually see each other in person and get to, get to do your show. So you Wait, guys are just, awesome. Seriously. Are thanks. you guys That's both so going to
3: be at the, the meetup in October? That's yeah. the, 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 the. Yeah. Yeah. we are going to be there. Hands down. I just by renewed now. my
4: annual passes yesterday.
3: <laughs> <laughs> One step ahead of me. One step there we ahead go.
4: of
0: me. You, can, you can, you can answer live questions from our listeners. Yeah. And for those folks that add on, you get a fast pass to get your questions Whoa. answered,
5: right? So yeah. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, we 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 would love that. We are so excited to be able to do a, a meet like that, no matter where it is on Disney. You tell us, we will be there. We can't wait. That's
0: awesome. We're, we're excited about it too. So, it will, and I'm sure our listeners will be very happy to have you there too. So, uh, awesome. but yeah. So, can you guys tell us one more time quickly before uh, where they can reach you? Uh, what's the best way to get to you? Yeah, you guys can always, you can visit our website,
5: uh, dvcresalemarket.com. We've got the phone number there, obviously, that you can call. A lot of folks like to use our online chat feature, which is awesome because we are open seven days a week as well. Uh, but again, shoot us an email, right? Shoot us an email at marissa at dvcresalemarket.com or Derek at dvcresalemarket.com. Again, it doesn't mean that when you reach out to us that you're ready to buy. If you are, great if you're not and you know that you're months away or weeks away or maybe even years away but you just have questions to get answered please reach out to us that is why we love what we get to do so we are here to help you and uh, the more questions the better
0: thank you guys so much again for being on we we really really appreciate it yes. and I, I I'm sorry we lost Trevor but <laughs> we'll get Trevor back for <laughs> we'll the back second half trevor
4: in week. October <laughs> not sooner hopefully so a
0: goodbye a goodbye from Trevor as well oh, And so yeah. goodbye <laughs> thank Bye, you guys,
5: guys. so
1: thank much. You so
4: much
0: That was the end of Part 1 of Episode 73. We decided to split this episode into two so you could have the DVC resale market side and you could have our uh, normal Disney regular show about uh, news and and things that's going on with Disney parks. Uh, But as always, as a reminder, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company and as such... Any and all opinions we express on the show are our own, so please contact DVC or DVC Resale Market or a cast member for any of the information we talked about on the show today. Big thank you to DVC Resale uh, for coming to the show today and for uh, giving us so many great answers and such uh, great information. So check out part two of episode 73 to uh, get a little bit more of our regular episode talking about Disney parks and, and other things. See y'all real soon.
1: Hey, we well, the voice of the jungle Signing off from Welcome Home Podcast On the DVC oh, do a When we hit a chair How she can cuddle Is no man's affair I looked around from pole to pole Found her in a sugar bowl E-dee, Look out, here comes.